Welcome to the Love Oracle, where ancient wisdom opens the door to the source of love in you. Hi and welcome. This is Angela. Today I'm looking at a topic that's been probably something you've heard about before if you haven't, like a you can find out more about managing expectations in relationships through this video. So I wanted to address managing expectations and the questions I have are when did your expectations about any of your life or relationships start and why do you have them? Why do you have those expectations? So if you're joining and you've got some questions that you want to ask about relationships, pop them in the chat. And I'm going to address today expectations in relationships, family relationships and love relationships. They're slightly different, but they're very connected. Uh, a lot of our expectations start before we develop thought or conscious thought and language. So I'm going to look at where did those expectations start? And expectations when we come into relationships, we might have certain expectations about relationships like the person will be honest and communicate clearly with me. So when you go into a relationship, a friendship or a partnership and the person is dishonest, you can start attacking the person instead of actually understanding. And it's very normal behavior. We see it a lot. We see it in dating now when people start dating that people behave strangely and then we start attacking the person rather than going into understanding. So if you're developing serious love relationships or if you want to go deeper into your family relationships, expectations that are not managed, that get out of control, that make you start attacking people are very damaging to any love that you would like to bring into a relationship. So if you really want to develop love in your life, in your heart, in your relationships, one thing to explore, there's many things to explore, but one thing to explore is your expectations. What are your expectations about a relationship? So I'm not talking about business relationships or professional relationships today. I'm talking about love relationships. We have certain expectations when you go into a business relationship and they can be impacted by your expectations about friendship. But certain expectations in business relationships are quite different to love relationships and family relationships. I'm going to look at those. So some of the classic expectations that you might have in love relationships, I've mentioned one is honesty, um, clarity of communication. Uh, some of the other expectations are that someone, if you text someone, that they text you back that there's a continuity or regularity in the way that you stay in contact. They're all important things to become aware of if you have certain practical expectations about the relationship. Once you get to the practical expectations, what you'll start to see is underneath the practical expectations are emotional needs or expectations, expectations that, that meet your needs. So for example, you might be with a friend that wants you to contact them more regularly than you do. Or you might be with a partner that's constantly wanting more contact than you're giving. 
And those are expectations that need to be understood at a practical level. So if you can't meet that friendship need or that partnership need, you need to explain to the person why. But that person may still have that expectation. You still might need, you might want more feedback or more attention or a certain type of communication from the person, the friend or the romantic partner. So it's important to be aware that if you have a certain need and your partner's not meeting that need, that sometimes your expectation is not based on what the relationship is really. Sometimes we have these desires and expectations about relationships that really start to punish the relationship or box the relationship in or constrict the relationship. And it's a really great area to start exploring and expanding in every um, of your personal relationships. It can happen at work too, but your personal relationships are a field of of potential conflict that can be explored as to why do you have that need, why do you have that expectation. So let's look at where, why do we have them and, and where do the expectations start. So why do you have an expectation? Later on we're going to explore that at the more personal level but in general why do we have expectations in our personal love relationships? So our expectations are very much about uh, areas that you came to explore where you had certain concerns, beliefs, fears, judgments about. An expectation can be a positive thing, can be a place where you expect to expand and grow in your life. So even before we learned language, our nature, our soul, our very being, when we're quite young, even in utero, and after birth, we have certain expectations about what we wish to experience in the world. We might have a natural innate gift, and there's an expectation that if I bring that gift out, that a certain response should come back. So everybody knows that when you're a child, uh, you may have had an experience yourself that you, you put yourself out in front of the family or in with one of your family members and you had an expectation of, of joy or just being a kid, you didn't have any expectation consciously. However, the feedback you got from your family or some of your people in your environment may have been not that great. And then it starts to set up certain expectations that are based on judgments about how you were perceived how you were received and how people interpreted who you are. They're nothing to do with who you are, but an expectation is actually about how you are perceived by your environment and your judgment around either how you should be treated or how the environment will treat you if you do put yourself out there. So a lot of our expectations start well before language and conscious awareness in, in early childhood and even before that when we're um, carrying our experiences from our family. So a lot of those expectations, why do we have them? They're to resolve certain things you came to grow and learn from. Probably something also about your gifts. Often we have, um, if you're a gifted person in one area, you can take it for granted. And that's very common in most humans. We just don't acknowledge our gifts or we just sort of become so comfortable with them that we don't really look at how, how they can help others or how they can inspire in, uh, ourselves or help ourselves expand. So sometimes our expectations are about what 
what we have innate to us, that we're born with this natural gift. And we think that, yeah, that's sort of something that nobody really cares about because we stopped thinking that it should be expanded. We don't understand at a conscious level how that gift that you were born with can be much more than what we think when we grow up. So as we, we grow up from childhood, a lot of our gifts also, we start to develop expectations pretty much because of the response we receive when we share our gift from very early on. It could even be in utero and something that happened between your family or your parents before you were born even. You can, you can actually feel that and carry that through. So expectations, once we're older, after early adulthood, like from young teenagehood to early adulthood, we start to be conscious of them. We start to have intimate relationships and we start to see them reflected back to us. We're not getting what we want. We have these expectations that we should have certain um, outcomes and then we're not getting them reflected back to us. So it's quite challenging because an expectation is to help us to grow. That's the real spiritual reason for it or life learning lesson of a, an expectation that we developed from childhood unconsciously. When we become conscious, we see it reflected back to us. And then we start to develop the next thing, which the expectation becomes concrete. And that's an expectation that forms a habit. It could be a thought habit or an emotional response habit or a physical behavior habit. So you might have a gift, um, you have an expectation that nobody really is interested. So you develop a habit where you don't really share it that much or you sort of play it down when, you, when you're in a re love relationship or your partner starts to give you positive feedback and you don't respond in a positive way. You start to behave as if it's not something uh, expansive that your partner is giving to you when they may be acknowledging your gift, celebrating your gift. And, and we learn ways of shutting down. So often when we have expectations of our partner in a romantic or love partnership, those same patterns happen. We expect our partner to give us something, they don't give it to us. And then we start to shut down the potential of the partner, the, the person themselves, or the potential of the relationship. We, we literally beat that partner with the expectation and expect them to respond in a different way with what we want because they're starting to dramatise this pattern that we feel somehow uh, we're not going to get our needs met or we can't acknowledge our gift and we can't share our gift. So expectations often develop habits, habits that go unconsciously through our lives. We develop the expectation when we're very young, before language even. We start to play it out when we're having adult love relationships or friendships and we become conscious of the expectation but instead of looking at what to do to change the expectation and to stop it being so fixed or punishing those people that we're friends with or in romantic relationships with, we start to develop habits, habits of emotional response. We also develop habits of um, um, suffering. So we start to think, oh, I can never get my needs met in a relationship. We develop a thought habit and we suffer and we, we hold on to suffering in the relationship. And also we develop these thoughts about what you should have in a relationship or what your friend or your partner should do. And we hold on to them and make them very fixed. 
So if you've ever done any dating uh, relationship vision work where they ask you to the, write the list of your ideal partner, I want you to look at those expectations or those uh, ideals uh, because there's a, it's a fine line between an ideal and an expectation. If an ideal is expressed in a way where there's room for movement and expansion in the potential partner, then feel that. If it feels expansive here or like you can breathe or you can sing through it somehow, that's a great ideal for an ideal relationship. If the expectation is much more physically dense, they should be this, they need to have this aspect or quality and there's sort of a condition-y feeling around it, then I want you to look at that and ask, is, do you have an expectation? And is that expectation valid? Is it a, a, an important expectation? So for example, I'm going to give you one about the body. If you have an expectation about how your body will be treated and it's based in language that's very sort of they can't do this and if they talk to my body this way, I won't tolerate it. That, that's, that's very conditional. So ideals, when you're doing an ideal partner vision work, should be expansive. So regarding your body, your partner will talk to your body in a way that allows you to feel more happy in your body and more accepting, more able to experience joy, you know, expansive language. That's how ideals are. Some dating uh, advice people tell you to do a list of certain practical outcomes and those are those are good but if the language is loaded hi Maya if the language is loaded you've got to be really careful if you're conditioning the relationship and making it into something that needs to meet your need out of a sense that your need can't be met so be aware of that when you're working with your vision work around calling in relationships, friendships or love relationships and about how you wish your body to be treated, how you wish your emotions to be accepted and how you wish to be seen. Because often our expectations that were developed really early on, even before language, we don't even know we've got them. So if you start language that in your ideal relationship start to encourage you to accept who you are, discover who you are, explore who you are, it's much more expansive language, then you're going to start attracting or finding those conversations with people that start to help you to explore. So if you do relationship uh, lists of perfect partners that have to meet these ideals that are very concrete, they can be quite limiting. So I wanted to give a few final tips on how to look at if you have certain expectations about relationships, friendships or romantic, and you discover that, say for example, you're developing a friendship and that person, I'm going to use the body again, that person does something to your body that really doesn't work for you and you're starting to think, oh, I don't really feel good here. What could be an expectation that can be expansive but also help you create a boundary that's useful for both you in the relationship to move forward. Because often we, we, we see the negative aspect of expectations, but there's actually good things about expectations because there's a way that you're developing in your adult relationships what as a child you couldn't really work out. Sometimes we limit with expectations and sometimes as an adult those expectations are starting to need management because you're learning that there's certain needs that you have and you need to bring them to verbalization 
in a, a beautiful communicative friendship. So if you find that you're having an issue, those, those situations, the first reaction can often be blaming the person who's causing that discomfort <clears throat> or feeling discouraged, feeling helpless or not able to do things. Why? Because we developed a lot of expectations even well before language when we were very young and we thought our needs couldn't be met or we have a certain perception about our needs getting met in a perhaps dangerous way. So once you see it, instead of blaming, well, you might, you might go into blaming, so don't worry if you do, but notice that you're blaming or you're feeling vulnerable or discomfort. That's most important because then you can start to look at what's my expectation here and asking the basic question, why? Why do I have this expectation in this situation or relationship? You can even ask further questions, but I think just asking generally why, why do I have this expectation? And then once you find out why, feel or notice what is the emotion around it. Because when we were young, when we made these expectations about getting our needs met or not getting our needs met the way we felt we needed to or wanted to, what happens is we build an emotion around it. It could be sadness or fear or any, any sort of deeper versions of sadness or fear. It also could be a sense of um, resistance. Like I don't want to go into relationship because I can't manage my needs getting met or they won't get met. What's the emotion? And if you can't feel the emotion, then I, I, I challenge you to look at how you talk to this friend or partner who may be crossing your boundaries around how your body's touched or who may be triggering a discomfort. You'll feel the way you talk to them, there'll be an edge there, there might be a sense of frustration when you talk to them, there might be um, resistance to talking to them. And anytime there's resistance, there's something there to crack. It's not a bad thing, it's just there's some emotion there that's been protected because it found a good way to hide until it could manage them at a later time in your life. So always childhood um, is a really important stage. Yeah, so David's shared here an expectation that's expansive about how the body can be ideally treated. Respect and kindness for my body or toward my body. And often as a child, we wouldn't have that language. As an adult, we can develop that language in a, a more expansive expectation that allows you to start expressing not just verbally, but also through your desire internally, through your intent to experience that and explore that. And if there is an emotion around the expectation, perhaps you're fearing you might not have your body treated kindly, or there's a sense that if that happens, something might come up that you can't manage. There might be a sense of, ooh, this is a bit risky. I, don't quite know if I can handle this, might feel beyond your power of control, which happens to children a lot anyway. All of all children have that experience and it's we take it throughout our lives. There's always things we can't control, feel we can't. Then 
you, if you find that emotion there is a sense of fear, anxiety, whatever it is, ask yourself, can I let it go? Can I let this emotion go? How can I let this emotion go? And if you don't have strategies to let it go and you don't feel able to bring that to the relationship, then, then we've got to look at a habit that helps you just to experience the emotion safely whether that's with your friend or without your friend. It might be writing and burning that piece of paper if it's anger or it might be um, writing a story about your feelings. Something to al allow externalise the emotion. Crying's great. Uh, if you have any work with the divine or a spiritual practice or anything to allow you to experience the emotion and ask to release it. I release a lot of stuff down into the earth but sometimes I just go to the ocean and speak and release it to the water. And the final question is we need, if we've got an expectation that we see we developed earlier on, that maybe you don't know when it started, doesn't really matter, but we know why. Maybe it was to protect a certain need or to create a certain response from people that you weren't getting in your early life. And you've got an emotion around it. You've worked out a habit to help you let it go or practice. So the final question, and I'll put these in the chat later, what could be a more productive habit for you to get the best out of the relationship? What could be a more productive habit for you to get the best out of the relationship? And the reason we need a new productive habit is that those habits from childhood are so embedded, unconscious, innate, uh, we, we've, we may have suppressed our own acknowledgement of our gift and we don't really want to share it because we have a judgment that it won't be received or we might be concerned about our body and how it's treated. We might have judgments about our body and it's not that whatever enough and people won't like me. So we carry all of that and that's very habitual <laughs> and you've done it so unconsciously for so, so long. So we need to start looking at new habits or more productive habits for you to get the best out of the relationship. Every time you're in a relationship, friendship or love relationship, it is a potential to become a bigger part of who you are, a better part of who you are. And when you ask the questions, what's a more productive habit to get the best out of this relationship? It can be something really simple, like going for a walk in the park together or playing crossword puzzles together, something really mundane. What could be something productive to start getting the creative energy or the acceptance of yourself to flow in the relationship. And it doesn't have to be fancy, you don't even have to verbalise your needs or expectations. I find a lot of people talk too much about their un, unrequited needs from childhood. That's really great to talk if your partner is up for talking, but some people actually get more, um, more inspiration from you sharing your experiences that are positive. That doesn't mean they don't want to listen to your needs, but it's just that they're not perhaps the right person to listen to your needs. Maybe you need to find someone else that you can share uh, some of your needs that weren't met from your earlier life. And eventually you'll start to find friendships and love relationships that also, because you're focusing on what the most productive habit could be to get the best out of relationships, you're finding relationships that will expand you. So managing expectations is really first, I'm going to review it, reviewing when you have one, which can often be the most hardest part. If you have a certain judgment or expectation when something doesn't work in a relationship, what's your expectation 
here, some of, the, some of the expectations can be positive, some of them can be suffocating. So feel, is this a valid expectation? Is it expansive or is it suffocating? So ask the next step, once you've recognised there's an expectation, why do you have that expectation? Why do you have it? What's the need that you're looking for to be met? Or what's the best outcome that you're looking for in the relationship? The third step is what's the emotion? What's the emotion that you're carrying? If you can't see it, just ask and your consciousness will show you through the way you talk to the person or, or don't, <laughs> resist them. And can you let it go? What habit can help you to let it go? And then finally asking yourself what could be a more productive habit for you to get the best out of the relationship. Keep it simple as well. It could be a simple habit. It could be once a week you focus on playing with each other in a way that there's no expectations or there's no um, discussing any needs and things that don't really work. Or it could be a new habit that you really need to verbalise with your partner, especially around your body, about ways that you want to um, if from David's example of having respect and kindness, what does that feel like? What does respect and kindness feel like? And to do some body work around that. What does respect feel like in my body? What does it feel like in your body? And to explore that as well, what that can be. And what does kindness feel like in the body? What does kindness uh, look like through the body? So thank you for joining. Um, that's all I would like to share this week. If, um, oh, David's just shared some more pieces around the specific, he appreciates the specificity of going for a walk or participating in simple activities to open up organic flow for the growth of the relationship. Yeah, I found that those things often, especially for me going out into nature, removes a lot of the expectations that may have come from some early time in my life that really need to be worked through through openness and as David's also mentioned some other qualities of honesty communication openness and patience when we were children perhaps we didn't know how to experience those because we didn't have it in our family dynamic or in our home or in our culture <laughs> and as an adult we have to explore it we have to create it we have to create ambient environments or practices, especially with the body, to start exploring what does respect feel and what's kindness feel like. And I use a lot of dance and movement practices that allowed me to do that, but we practice every week, <laughs> a couple, three days a week. So we had a lot of time to practice that. So in a relationship, the time to experience that needs to be created. You need to have experiences that allow your body to explore what respect could be like so the body can expand into into that. So if you have any other questions you can um, about relationships that you'd like to explore you can email me Angela at loveandrelationshipcoach.com and if you're looking for relationship coaching I have a program Transformed Relationships which is specifically designed around transforming those love habits that come unconsciously through our upbringing and our families and how to create that greater love that you're looking for. So I'll put the details in the comments and thank you for joining and have an expansive experience of your ideals and expectations that are realistic and, and 
opening up to the more of what you would love to have in your relationships. Wow.